Hello and welcome to the Sheffield Digital Podcast. I'm Ian Broom and as always I'm joined by directors Mel Kanarek and Chris Diamond. Hello, Hello. both of you. Hello. Hello. Today we're also here with Tracy Johnson from Barnsley Digital Media Centre, DMC, we should be referring to it as that from now on, um, and David Ackroyd, Vice Principal at Barnsley College. They've kindly come on to tell us about DMC2, the new and exciting space for the region's tech folk and to share some of the opportunities available. We'll also be talking a little bit about the festival, um, the Sheffield Digital Festival, that um, they are sponsoring too. Um, hello to both of you. Hello. Hi. So we usually start with um, with, with a potted history. So if you could sort of take us in turns just to give us the lowdown on, on who you are and, and, and what you do, that would be fantastic. Um, and then we'll come on to uh, the DMC and uh, the other stuff after that. Do you want to go first, Tracy? Yeah, no problem. As you can probably tell from my accent, I am not a Barnsley local. I'm an import. Um, I've only been here 22 years, so I've still got a long way to go before I'm officially uh, a proper resident of, of South Yorkshire. Um, so I run the, the DMC, DMC's plural now, um, and also lead on digital economy and innovation at Barnsley Metropolitan Borough Council, uh, who own and operate the DMCs as part of our economic development team and our enterprise and Barnsley service. I've done that for just over five years um, at the DMC and prior to that I was lead for the creative and digital sector within the council since late 2009. Um, my background is that I've, I've been involved in the creative and digital industries all my working life um, as well as in parallel with the uh, work I do at DMC so I was one of the co-founders of Sheffield Design Week um, and all different things that are involved in that and, and ran a studio, a creative studio and agency for a while, as well as being a, a, a sort of engineer in the background as well in the mobile telephony sector. So I've got a bit of a strange background, but um, my role is predominantly around making sure that businesses in the creative and digital sector in Barnsley and in the whole South Yorkshire area can be as successful as possible, really, and trying to create the conditions for that success. Um, enabling the right things to happen both within the DMC and beyond that can make good on the promise that South Yorkshire has to be a real powerhouse for, for this sector. Thanks, Tracy. And David, hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, yes, I'm David Aykroyd, Vice Principal for Technical and Professional Education at, at Barnsley College. So my background is um, far less or more weird, depending which way you look at it, to trace this. So my background is not digital and creative industries at all. I'm uh, from a banking and finance background and came into education um, about 12 years ago now and, and taught maths, English and some digital skills, very basic at that point. Um, the focus of my work in the College at Barnsley is around preparing young people for the digital future. So it's around how do we ensure that what we do with our curriculum supports the development of those skills, no matter which industry you want to work in. So um, really, really proud of the fact that we've just opened a, a new building, redeveloped building in the next door almost to DMC2, uh, our SciTech Digital Innovation Hub, um, which really is to infuse young people in the area around the digital future and so some some great stuff and some great opportunities to work across with with Tracy and her team. Excellent so I'd love to come back and talk more about that new building at the college but if we can start Tracy for people who aren't familiar with the DMC can you tell us a little bit more about what it is and what it does? Absolutely yeah it's um DMC was built 13 years ago. It's a beautiful, well, I think it's a beautiful architect design building um, right in the heart of, of the town centre. And it was built as part of Barnsley's ambitions, as part of a wider Yorkshire ambition, really, to reboot the economy back in the, the sort of early noughties, um, when all the towns and cities in Yorkshire were going through a bit of a renaissance plan um, to, to really breathe that life back in into the economy um, around the area. So with, within Barnsley, there was a real desire to, to diversify what that economy looks like and programmes and policies in place to try and stimulate growth in the creative and digital industries to move away from a mono industry, which was our obviously industrial past. So it's a big ambitious agenda um, and really probably quite ahead of its time in terms of the building itself. Uh, we had a, 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 you know, a good 
bunch of, of businesses and people working in the creative and digital sector. But these things take time to grow. Um, and I think over the last 13 years, that's what we've managed to do is to start to really grow that creative and digital economy in Barnsley. So as a building, we offer workspace, as you would expect, at a range of different sizes, from the size of your tiny single back bedroom through to something that can accommodate sort of 20, 25 desks. Um, we also offer co-working and we offer the building as a bit of a platform. Um, so try to make sure with it. We say yes to good ideas. So if somebody wants to run an event, an activity, wants to collaborate with us, we try to do that. We try to stimulate some of that by working at European level with other EU cities to think about what can you do to sort of stimulate some of this activity in small and medium-sized cities and towns, um, which have a slightly different set of circumstances to, to larger cities. So the DMC is kind of where we pull all of that together, a sort of mix of, I suppose, the the hidden sort of public sectory policy stuff around um, economic growth that's sort of hidden away in the background, but it's like the little legs underneath the water powering away, trying to make good things happen. And on the surface, we're a, a nice building with nice people in, we're a community of people first and foremost that are innovative and they're creative and they want to make good on their ideas and they want to be part of something bigger um, so we've we've done a lot of work to really sort of create the environment within DMC1 to do that. And it's paid off because what we've seen is a number of our companies really start to scale up considerably. And it's a great mix of companies. We're not exclusively, you know, hipster tech startups. We are a nice, nice bunch of totally different kinds of businesses, but who all really collaborate and get on, work with each other. Um, in some cases, have ended up sort of co-locating in, in offices because they get on so well. So it's a really nice um, place where we encourage people to come into and be part of, you know, kind of try and get people to think about it as being a facility for them, that it's not about a financial transaction. It's somewhere to bring a business and a business idea and a team and, and be part of, fueled by really nice coffee from um, Julie, our in-house barista who keeps us all alive, quite frankly. Um, and, and to try and sort of, think about what our role is, not just as a, we don't want to be an ivory tower. So DMC is, is a beautiful building, but it shouldn't be this kind of thing that is impenetrable. And sometimes perhaps we have been a little bit like that, but now we are much more about opening the doors and, and trying to get everybody in there, reaching out into Barnsley's whole sort of uh, economy, basically, and all the people that, that are within that. And it's gone well. So we're in a fortunate position um, where we have companies, like I say, that are scaling up and are bursting at the seams in, in current space. And so the decision was made that we needed to develop a DMC2, very excitingly. And we're literally, we've just opened DMC2. And that, what that gives us is the space for those companies to really grow. So larger office plates, uh, a, a real bespoke co-working space as well to sort of try and give a, a touchdown point for, for anybody working um working in business basically that wants to come and spend time with us uh, and then also a new maker lab as well which would be a real technical hub for people that want to get in there and develop new products people that want to um, fix things that want to learn new skills that want to get really sort of the hands technically dirty they can get in there and become a member of that and and be part of what we do so I think it's a very difficult thing as I've probably proved to describe what DMC is in a, in a nutshell but I think more than anything, what we, re we really are is a community of really amazing people and a platform for, for trying to do things differently, to really try and do, you know, sector development, if you like, or economic development differently. Mm -hmm. um, take a few risks, take a few punts, um, try and explore the art of the possible and, and make that a reality for the people that we work with. So something I'm interested in is especially at the moment when, you know, in various forms of lockdown, we've all got used to working remotely and basing ourselves at home and everyone's saying, oh, you know, the tech sector is fine because they've all gone remote. How important do you think it is to actually have that physical focal point where people come together? Do you think that's really made a difference to the, the growth of digital as a sector within the town? I think it really has. It's serendipity is a very powerful force. And, you know, it's it's very difficult to engineer serendipity completely online. 
and yeah, okay, you know, you can you can work from reasonably anywhere that has a decent Wi-Fi signal and good coffee, but the ability to be able to connect into networks, to bump into people, to have an idea and sound it out in a very immediate way is a little bit harder to do sometimes online. And I think what we've tried to do as much as possible over the years is, is really ensure that we're a sort of fertile environment for that to happen so that there isn't any such thing as a bad idea. People come to us at that point that they, you know, have that spark because we're there physically in the space with them. Um, but, you know, people generally still, cheesy as it sounds, still need people. And, you know, the what we've seen post-original lockdown is that there's a really strong desire to get back into being in physical spaces. People are hugely respectful of the need for the physical distance inside of things. But that that sort of immediacy that you get, that friendliness and sense of community that you get from a place-based environment is is just... I think it's it's really difficult to replicate that online. We've tried hard, you know, there's been WhatsApp messages pinging all over us during lockdown and, you know, we're trying to deliver events and activities online, trying to make sure people connect with stuff. And actually that's been a great opportunity because you can dip into events from all over the world, can't you, when everything's suddenly delivered online. So I've spent a lot of time sort of, you know, noodling around in things that are happening in, in London, in um, Manchester and stuff, just, just having a nosy around in the way that, you know, involves a, an hour's drive at least normally. So, you know, that side of things is brilliant, but undoubtedly there's a real, there's something about being in that that kind of, that space together that that is where, I think more and more we're starting to feel that people feel that they're part of that in Barnsley, that that's the go-to place for those things to happen. Um, I just had a question about DMC2 because, I mean, you know, it seems like it sort of happened, obviously COVID has happened at a really crucial time in the development of the new building, obviously, which you're now looking <laughs> yeah, how do I put it? Um, but I, I wonder whether, whether it's changed um, or what stage you've kind of been with preparing the space for companies to move into, whether it's changed how you sell it or what, com- what you see companies want out of a space, whether the kind of in- interior fit is different because companies are thinking not about how many desks we can get into the space, but, you know, how can we create spaces for more collaboration to be used, you know, it, it, when the majority of our work is done remotely and is likely to continue to be done remotely? I think it's it's been a really let's call it in X-Factor style, an interesting journey over the last few months, trying to navigate sort of opening a physical space in the middle of a physical lockdown is possibly, it's not something you'd do by design, let's face it. There's there's surely a book in it, Tracy. (laughs) I reckon, I reckon I'll get a publishing deal for that. Um, But yeah, it's, 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 it's opened our eyes, I think, as it's, it's, it's been a fascinating few months and when we've not, I suppose, been beating our heads off the wall trying to work out how the heck we navigate all of this and I'd probably sort of speak for the college as well a little bit there. It's, this has been a, everybody's had their challenges over these these last few months, haven't they? I think it's forced us to think a bit differently, but also to recognise what value people place in it, in what it is we do. It's easy to get bogged down in the, you know, running around trying to make things happen and do things, but it's forced us to kind of pop our head up and just understand what it is that people value about the human layer within both DMC and this whole sort of ecosystem that's emerging, not just in Barnsley, but I think in the whole city region. Mm. But we're definitely seeing businesses think differently. Um, I think businesses are keen to be able to you know, respect the wants and needs of their teams and offer them a working environment that they're comfortable in. That's generally now obviously hybridised in, in terms of working styles, but I think, you know, there's a there's a huge range of opportunity within that in that com- instead of, you know, the I suppose the, the London model, if you like, of workspace is incredibly expensive. So you cram everybody into as small a room as possible. That's just not possible now. You can't do that. So it's forcing a kind of much more open, flexible, accessible sort of working environment across companies. And the ones that are picking up and running with that, yeah, they, they kind of want to do things differently. And we've been supporting some of the companies that are moving into DMC2 with a bit of sort of interior design advice as well to help them understand how spatial design really does impact how you work in those environments. But I think, you know, we're also seeing that sort of cabin fever kicking in with with people as well. And we've had interest from, you know, particularly around the co-working space, which I felt was, you know, at the start of lockdown when we're running around like headless chickens, my, my main sort of concern was how the 
how on earth are we going to open a collaborative co-working space when people aren't allowed out of their own homes? Um, and what's that? what that's become is a recognition that actually everybody's a little bit sick of, of the sight of their dining table and probably their family, to be fair. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they actually want a little bit of an escape and somewhere to spend time, somewhere different, somewhere that's the right environment for them. So we're thinking now about how do we help those people to sort of come and spend time in our environment safely and mm-hmm. you know it's there's there's been a lot of you know there's lots of discussion between spaces like dnc and others that are doing this thing to, how do we do it safely how do we make sure it's the right right solution for people but we're seeing a real appetite so i think things will continue to evolve but we're certainly i think going to be welcoming a huge range of people um into the space we already are you know we're seeing people there's a, a bit of nosiness in there as well i'm sure people want to come and have a look but we're definitely seeing you know, a, a kind of a really interesting dynamic emerge of how people still want to come together and understand how other companies are working through this current situation. Mm-hmm. But actually also, you know, the corporates, the bigger organisations whose people might live locally, we've seen them wanting to come and spend time with us. Mm-hmm. Well, that's brilliant. You know, that's exactly the people that we want to connect our community with. So huge, huge opportunity has come out of a big challenge, I think. But I think one thing we've got to do is stay agile in that. Yeah, fascinating. Thanks. So, David, if I can sort of turn to you now, for people who haven't had the opportunity to visit Barnsley and see where DMC and DMC2 are, the college is actually located very close by, isn't it? And the SciTech building itself is the closest of all. Can you talk to me a bit about why you think that closeness is important and how that's going to help with the digital offer of the college? Yeah, we're really fortunate uh, in the way that we work together with DMC from the college. Um, and we, I think Tracy kind of hit the nail on the head there when, when she spoke specifically around having networks and being able to bump into people. Because part of the challenge in education is to actually link the academic side and the skills and, and knowledge and behavior development with how that leads into a career and how that leads into the industry that you're interested in. And whilst we can we can share and show that that conceptually, actually being able to see that Barnsley really is um, a, a hotbed of activity around digital industries of a wide variety is fantastic for us. And literally, we can walk our students within two or three minutes into DMC one, and they can actually feel what it's like to be engaged in 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 a digital ecosystem and what it's like to work in those industries and just yeah bumping into people and or it used to be bumping in now it's covidly safe engagement with with people but getting an understanding for how did you set your business up i've got this idea what do you think um and and really that that is absolutely the way that we're moving and we'll we'll work even more so dmc2 fantastic literally it probably cuts that that journey by half so and you can see the building you can see the workers coming in and out from where where our students are engaging in the programs um and and it's great that the the relationship is developing ever more um, and our next development of our building is actually going to be that there's a a space that overlooks the car park and an entrance that way just to really engage fully in in the campus um, so that we're, we're an integral part of it, providing the skills, providing the talent, providing the enthusiasm that will be the next digital entrepreneurs taking space in, in DMC 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, no matter how many Tracy ends up, ends up um, bringing forward. Um, fantastic news. And what, what kinds of things to do with digital are your students learning because you know Barnsley College is an FE college um, presumably it's quite le- it leans towards what used to be called the vocational skills so the applied skills mm-hmm. um, level three level four if you're you know getting into educational jargon tell us a bit more about how you're preparing your students for life in the digital world yeah, absolutely. So we've we've undergone a, a big review of our digital specific um, offer, if you like. Historically, most colleges focused on, um, I guess, as you're saying, practical application of skills, um, some 
older type activity around how you would use the programs and how you might take apart a computer and rebuild it, those types of programs. What we've changed to now is more around the skills that, that are really needed. So looking at um, how do you go about programming? What's the infrastructure needs? How would you actually go about networking and, and, and that type of activity? Um, we also are looking to, uh, I have a vision for the college to actually become the cybersecurity training centre, um, not only for the north of England, but for, for the whole country. I know that some of some of our, our colleagues at Bletchley Park have a slightly different view of where that should sit. But my view is, why shouldn't it be in Barnsley? Why, why not? We have big we have big ambition as a town that we want to be seen as the best for digital and creative industries. So that's my view. That's my vision. Uh, watch this space. We'll talk again in a year and see how close we are to that. Um, uh, but in addition to that, we're, we're one of the first 44 providers of T-level provision across the country. We're the only one in the Sheffield City region. Um, and one of those programmes is the digital programme around development and design. Um, and we work closer with, um, with a lot of companies locally and regionally to provide opportunities for learners to get real life experience. Um, also, as far as digital goes, we're looking into developing further our work that we do around modern methods of construction, um, specifically around digital design and, and drafting, and, and that we do already, but that's the next phase in the digital industries that we're looking to work on within the next 12 to 18 months. Um, now, that's fantastic for somebody who wants and believes that their career focus is around a digital industry, but actually, you know what? Digital covers every single, every single career. So whether you want to be a hairdresser, you're going to work in catering, you want to be a bricklayer, you need to have the fundamentals of digital skills and digital literacy to enable you to engage fully and really be active in whichever sector you want to be. So every single one of our learners will spend some of their time each year in the new digital innovation hub so they get that that baseline of knowledge and understanding of digital industries, but they actually learn it in a specialist digital environment. So they really then get a, a feeling for how digital can can enrich their lives and enrich their career. So you mentioned T-levels, which is yeah. something quite new. Can you explain a little bit more about why businesses should be interested in them? Yeah, so the, the T-level programmes are the, the new um, level three standard bearer, if you like, for classroom-based learning. So if you think of, of skills development for um, at level three or above, typically it that's would sorry, be... Sorry, that's A-level, isn't it? Just to, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, so that's... Everybody who's so, in education, A-level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so A-level learning is, is the academic side. So... People will generally understand a, a city and guilds or a BTEC type provision, which is which is the um, vocational equivalent of an A level. T level is the next the next generation. It's actually marketed as the next generation. It links the classroom education with the workplace. So the skills that are being developed are specifically around those which the industries have designed. So T-levels are designed by an industry to give the skills that the learners need to be classed as um, baseline competence. So that person has enough ability, enough skills, enough workforce engagement to be able to join and be an active member uh, of, of the workforce in that industry from day one. If you think of an apprenticeship being 80% of your time in an employer and 20% of your time in college, the T-level is exactly the reverse, but you spend 20% of your time, so 65 days, 360 hours minimum in a workplace to get real life experience. And part of the assessment of the skills that you're developing is an employer-led project, which is then literally, here is a, here's a kind of a live brief, here's what we'd expect you to be able to do when you've got a job, um, okay, under exam conditions, prove to us that you can do it. So it, it really is um, a great opportunity to get a step ahead 
of, of the market, if you like, from an employability perspective. Employers need to jump on, jump on board, take some of these students into their workplace, because I believe they'll be an asset to any workplace at the point that they engage. Yeah, I think that um, getting employers to jump on board, I wholeheartedly endorse quite how we're going to manage the workplace mm -hmm. engagement in you know, a COVID safe manner is something mm -hmm. that I think every local authority and every educator from primary school upwards is uh, struggling with at the moment, but I'm sure we'll all figure out ways to do it. Um, you mentioned very briefly the digital campus which I understand is branded SEAM. Um, and I'd, I'd love to hear more about this and just to point out that for a, a mid-sized town in South Yorkshire, to have this kind of ambition and vision is really, it's amazing. It's, it's always amazed me about Barnsley is this kind of forward-looking approach around the digital industries. So Tracy, tell us about SEAM. Um, I've seen some amazing plans and drawings that create this, this wonderful place, but, but see if you can describe it uh, to our listeners. I shall try. It's hard to describe a, a sort of a, an idea that's not quite sort of fully manifest yet, isn't it? Um, but I, I think probably the best place to start is where it came from, really, because I think that's what makes it different. And, and for me, what makes me quite passionate about, well, very passionate about it, and, and what makes it more likely to succeed. Um, we've, I mentioned earlier, we've done a lot of work uh, with other European cities, just um, try to learn together, explore together about, you know, what does the digital economy opportunity look like for places like Barnsley? And, you know, there, there are places like Barnsley across Europe, you know, second and third tier cities that have had sort of big industries and have, have had to sort of wrestle their way through huge brain drains into central, um, you know, ecosystems like, you know, Hungary is a great example of, of, of real challenges at regional level. So we've done a lot of work on that. The methodology we've used to do that is, is whilst, yeah, at one hand, we've been working at European level, at a local level. It's been about using tools that the program programs called Urbact, which is about enabling cities to develop responses to opportunities and challenges at a local level by collaborating with other cities. So that the method is about getting the right people in the room, the public sector, the private sector, the people, the citizens, all stakeholders to get to the core of what particular problem it is you're looking at and also to find creative ways to to plan to overcome that problem. And for us, that was, that's been such a powerful thing to do. For a start, because it was part of a programme, we kind of had to, had a reason to get people in the room that perhaps we'd been struggling to engage with in a, a kind of really sort of creative way in the past. So when I say we, I'm talking about us sort of as the DMC and um, that's sort of like I say, the hidden public sector layer bit of what it is that, that we do. Um, but very quickly, everybody got really excited about what, what this could look like this idea of if our core problem which we identified was that we didn't have enough digital jobs and we didn't have a pipeline of enough digital people coming through to fill them even if we did have them that was our kind of root issue that we had so in terms of addressing that we did a host of different things but the most memorable bit is getting lots of different stakeholders from local and regional parties um, in a room with stickers with pipe cleaners with plasticine and felt tip pens and shoving them in groups and saying, what does Barnsley's digital ecosystem look like? And I mean, you want to hope that the architecture doesn't end up looking like a bunch of twisted pipe cleaners. But what came out of that exercise is that the um, everything was about the interweaving of, of people, of business and of education and place. And that was just this absolutely foundational message that came out of that. And it's it's been the thing, the, the golden thread that we've brought through all of this. So when we're talking about site drainage and stuff like that, that inevitably comes with thinking about regeneration plans and buildings and whatnot, what, you know, what that shining thing is through it is this foundation that everybody feels passionate about linking those things together. And what's been great is that very, very quickly, this coalesced into a kind of a, a, an infrastructure plan, the idea that actually 
hang on, we've got this big area around the DMC. We've got the college. The college, I have to say, are a huge part of, of this thinking, this collaboration. You know, they've been part of that creative journey. Absolutely sort of key, key part of it all. Um, but that sort of coming together to figure out how we're going to wrestle that through. It's been it's been sort of fraught at times, but, you know, suddenly it can you can see it starting to come out of the ground. And yes, we're building buildings. Yes, or refurbishing buildings at the moment. We will build buildings in the future, but they are just the vehicles for the really good stuff to happen. And that's about the people and it's about, you know, just having that passion to want to get together. And, OK, you know, David needs to have um, however many hours it is. It hurts my brain to think about it. However many hours of placement time with companies. Well, how best to do that is a problem that we need to collectively solve. And that's what the scene is all about. We've, you know, we that from that baseline work of, of getting everybody's ideas on the table, we've brought it forward to now going through a, a master planning process um, with professionals. We're not, you know, just doing that out of pipe cleaners, obviously. But, um, we, you know, we've got a huge host of people to, to sort of help us with that, doing lots of consultation, thinking about what we need within that site to make good on all of that promise. You know, do we need the digital infrastructure to enable us to, to build sort of, you know, more smart solutions within that environment? How do we become a living lab? How do we become a test bed for ideas? How do we keep people at the heart of it? That's the work that we're doing right now and the the opening of dmc2 and the and the opening of of the the developed SciTech building as well and all of the work that's sitting behind that around the curriculum they're the first things that are really you know coming to life as as part of this but i'm confident it's building on a really really important foundation of of people that are prepared to get in a room and shout at each other if necessary to get the right things over the line I do think that, you know, patting each other on the back and just hollow congratulations on things that are meaningful and not what we do. It is about, you know, getting getting that lively conversation together. And that's what's that's what's sitting, you know, no pun intended, underneath the scene is is this people based um, collaboration. And we've done some great work more recently with with Hemingway Design, who won the contract to to look at the branding for this. And. Again, you know, that's that's not been an easy journey. It's we were trying to brand something that wasn't actually sort of out of the ground yet. And what they came to us with was kind of as outsiders looking in, they really felt that passion. They really felt this this kind of connectivity between people and projects and, and places. And, you know, we wanted to build off a level of our heritage. Obviously, Barnes is well known for mining. There's an element of this that refers to the fact Barnsley scene runs underneath the campus site. Um, but there's also, you know, relevance there to that we have a huge, had a huge textile industry in the past. But more than anything, it's about that stitching together of the different bits that, that make a successful ecosystem. We're never going to be about building an ecosystem from the top down because that's just not possible. It's about trying to create the environment where good things can happen. And what the theme is, is building out the good things that have happened so far with DMC and, and engaging within the education side of things with people, um, with town centre as well, being part of a vibrant town centre, we're not a little island. We want to be a, a sort of urban village of innovation that's that's part of a, a really lively town centre. So it's there's a lot still to be decided, a lot still to be developed. But you, you've got this sort of, I think this, this foundation of DMC and the college working together. It feels like there's anything's anything's possible. Um, we've tried a lot over the years as well. It's probably important to acknowledge that. This idea of building out this platform approach comes from the things that we have sort of thrown at the wall to see what sticks. Um, and that process of co-creation and learning from other places has been a, a real influencer of that as well. So, you know, a lot of the things that we've done that have proved to be successful have been um, borrowed, stolen, informed by whichever, whatever you want to say, things that we've seen elsewhere. You know, we've we've looked at Estonia as a brilliant example of a very successful and emergent um, digital ecosystem um, and the work that you know, we, we can't unfortunately replicate Estonia's wonderful e-governance system um, at, at national level. We can't affect that level of change. But what we saw in the attitude and approach that Estonia had is the ability to hustle and get things done. And actually for a, what's quite a small place with not that many people in it that gets incredibly bloody cold in the winter, they were attracting startups from all over the globe to um, a programme called Startup Wise Guys, which is an accelerator in Europe. And we went and we saw them and got to meet some of the startups. And we came back and we kind of thought, can we do that? 
we can do that. Can we do that? So through the different connections we had, we were able to do things, lift that type of thing and make it happen in DMC. And that's what brought IoT Tribe to the table. So it's it's all those soft bits that are making the physical campus a reality, I think. Um, so there's lots still to do. <laughs> do. Do you think that being a town rather than city and being, you know, a, a college rather than a university actually makes it easier to to hustle to get this sort of stuff done um, i think it probably does and i think that the the drive and commitment that's been shown by the council through through tracy and colleagues to actually make a mark in the industry is, is such a such a power force that us as a college, yeah, we're able to be pretty fleet of foot and nimble in getting involved in these things. Our mission is all about transforming lives. And um, Tracy talks about people and place, and that's exactly what we're about as well. So I think that when you when you bring together the the council and the college as an anchor institution, these can really move things really quickly uh, and, and, and properly step on what needs to be done for the benefit of the community, as opposed to in a big city. It's, it's by the nature of it, it's such, such a big entity and so wide ranging that maybe it is hard sometimes to focus on these things that make the biggest difference. And so I think you're right, the, the size of Barnsley gives us a great opportunity to, to work together and make a massive difference. It does seem like you're so so well integrated, you know, in, in terms of just spatially or not place. It's so so fascinating to hear you talk about the role that place plays in this and proximity and buildings and flow and you know and, and how how integrated it is with Barnsley as a town and the and the and the high street. Um and of course that proximity really counts and makes it easier for people to move and meet and and organize. Um but then, but then also you have you have to have that coordinating layer that runs over the whole thing, and I guess that, that sounds to me like what seems seem is about. It provides a framework for the for the people to side of you know the equation to to make use of that integrated place that you're building there, so that the things actually happen. You know, we've got plenty of examples here in Sheffield of great initiatives and buildings that were set up for similar purposes but they're, they're not integrated and they don't connect very well with other things that are going on. And, you know, the big anchor institutions don't see connecting them with other things as part of their strategy and changing their overarching strategy is so bound up in, in you know, in their own complex worlds. It's hard to get their attention sometimes. There's no overarching kind of ability to, to focus people's attention on integrating the things that, that we in, in, Sheffield as a larger city have as assets so it's it's really fascinating to, to watch what you're doing and see it develop and it you know we've obviously we've known each other for a long time and we've been involved in kind of you know trying to do similar things for a long time and it's really it's so great to see it happening it's so great to see um, how you've consistently built on what's gone before and tried things out and innovated and made things work and kept true to that ideal of it being about people and place and education mm. and um, I think I think there is you know the what sits sort of behind some of that is is I think I've, I've spent a lot of time sort of talking to other cities like I say and I think what that reflection is back into Barnsley is actually we have a level of, of health, a healthy level of risk appetite at organisational level as a council. Hmm. That doesn't mean that we waste money or we do crazy things. Although there's there's probably lots of comments on various Facebook posts that 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 get into the politics of all of that. But but what from our our bit of the world, from this sort of digital economy side of things, there's a there's a golden thread that's been woven for a long time. You know, this is a long burn. Long, slow burn yeah. agenda really that that we're on um but there's been a huge amount of of sort of leadership commitment to trying to do things differently and i think you know that fact that we are a smaller place yes it's easier because actually you know most of the people involved in most things and and that's important it does give you a level of speed and agility and you know i often use the phrase that we're the sort of yappy yorkshire terrier we are probably quite annoying to some places you know i, I know that kind of there's probably conversations that happen as well. Uh -huh. why, why is barnsley doing that you know? 
and, and that's you know that's fair enough but but then there's the answer is well well why not this this stuff really matters to places like Barnsley if yeah. if we sit still we become a commuter town and that's not good enough for Barnsley people to do that Barnsley deserves more and we will have more and that is why we're doing what we do not because we want to win awards because we want to you know sort of put on fancy frocks and dance around it it's because we want to make a difference to the people in our community not just right now but over the long term this is is got to be transformational over a long period of time and we have to acknowledge that there's things we can do right now in that there's things that we can do in the medium term and there's things that I'll hopefully be retired by the fine mm. time that um that they actually need to happen but that's why it's so important that education and business is working together because that feels for me like the the key ingredients in it but undoubtedly that sort of risk appetite that that ability to believe in the art of the possible and that um you know, we we can make a difference. And I think one thing that always sticks in my head is is kind of with the let's say the the European work that we did. When one of the first events we did in the program we were doing was we had John Spindler from Capital Enterprise, who are good friends of Barnsley now, um, based down in London, do a huge amount of work sort of bringing the ecosystem in London together. And he said, sort of, if you were to ask your average entrepreneur what should the public sector do to help the sort of tech sector to grow, the answer would be get out of the way. Yeah. And actually, a lot of what fuels us is that, yeah, in some ways that's right. Um, you kind of, you know, you want a level of regulation that's accessible and all of those sorts of things. Actually, the public sector is a stakeholder in this. It's a marketplace for a start. We have to buy services. And why should we keep buying everything from Microsoft when there's mm-hmm. lots of other interesting things out there? We are, we have the ability to bring in money from different sources to make good things happen. We've got the ability to invest ourselves in making good things happen. We can perhaps convene people in a different way as well, which is, has been demonstrated by the work that we've done. And I just think, you know, we're part of that puzzle. And that's really what what excites me and what I do see doesn't happen everywhere as well, is that there's that absolute sort of passion across the public and private sector to to sort of work together to, to try these different things. And, and that's that whole thing about being open to ideas not everything's going to work. We're, you know, not everything we've done works. There's plenty of things we've had to park because the first iteration wasn't right. But the things that have worked, we've built the momentum and the investment in. And the fact that that's been committed to by the people that sit above me within the organisation, as well as the people that benefit from it. And this network that we've got that's that's not just local to us, but actually the fact that we do work with Sheffield Digital, that we work with AMRC, that we work with the universities regionally, but then that we also work with Capital Enterprise in London, who we're launching a huge project with at the moment um, to accelerate the whole ecosystem, not for, just for Barnsley, for the whole South Yorkshire region and hopefully the whole Yorkshire region, really. But that we also work with IoT Tribe that I mentioned, an accelerator that's actually based out of London and Madrid and Singapore. You know, that's that's kind of grown with us as well. You know, that all of these things, they're about people. They're about having those relationships and those networks but that means nothing unless you can actually land it and make something happen. And I think that's probably where we've got a sweet spot that being a smaller place, having this appetite, having this real chutzpah to do something different means that when you see an idea that works and you grab it and you engineer it into something that can work in your local landscape, you can really make good on it, hopefully. And and that's what I think we do well and what I think we want to keep doing. Having that ongoing agility and not just standing still that's a, a cultural thing and that's something you know that we need to keep at the heart of what we do as well but I just I think there's there's so much that you can do when you've got that creative spirit and a willingness to try different things and I think places are letting themselves down if they don't have that quite frankly. <laughs> you tell them Tracy that's fantastic <laughs> um I just had sort of one last thing I want and you've touched on it already is like both Barnsley College and the Barnsley DMC are partners of Sheffield Digital. So you support Sheffield Digital. And now you're also supporting the Sheffield Digital Festival. So in doing that, what is it that you want to say to the digital businesses and and the digital community in Sheffield and in the wider region? Do you want to go first, David? Or shall I launch into that? (laughs) You launch in and then then I'll add my little summary at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me... It's it's kind of the, the next the next layer of what we do is to really demonstrate that that kind of we're a regional 
ecosystem. We talk about, you know, the Barnsley and the Sheffield bits and the Rotherham and, and Doncaster. We're all component parts of a bigger region. Barnsley isn't successful if the whole region isn't successful. So what we feel really strongly is we want to be part of what happens at regional level. We're not about kind of luring businesses out of Sheffield city centre with, with shiny offices and stuff. But if you want to come, I'm not going to turn you down. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, but that's not you know, the reason that we're involved in this. The reason we're involved in this is because it's the bloody right thing to do. It's brilliant that we have a digital festival. It's not the end of the world that it has to be completely online because we're just going to reach so many people as a result of it being virtual. And that's what we want to do. We want to just want to have bigger more all-encompassing conversations and be part of this this energy this this opportunity that the region's got i mentioned the team sy project that we're working on with capital enterprise it's a huge thing you know it's a six million pound program that's that's really going to hopefully fingers crossed help and the fact that i'm really excited about it is because there's been so many different people involved in helping to influence and design it and to hopefully make it a success regionally we're not trying to take over sheffield we're not going to declare you the Republic of Barnsley, don't worry. Um, but we just, you know, it's, it's something bigger to be part of and we need to be celebrating everything that we do at regional level because there's some amazing stuff going on. Last year's digital festival was fantastic. And that sort of, that again, you know, that ability to hustle and get things done is something I think is brilliant in this region. And for me, why would we not want to be a part of that? This is, this is our home. This is where we need to be. So, so that for me is, is it's a no-brainer. It's it's kind of where we're going to live. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. For us at college, it's just around supporting the enthusiasm and the drive to make the make a digital future accessible and understandable understandable for everybody, and really knowing that knowing and believing that digital touches us all no matter what sector we're in um it's not scary it's exciting it's going to make things uh, an improvement on what we do now um and that we want to help the region to to really bridge the gap um between where we are now where we need to be in 10 15 years time um and how we as a college can support in any way uh, that's why we're here that sounds like a really lovely way to conclude the interview. Thank you so much, both of you. It's just been great talking to you. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Okay, time for some uh, news and then later some events in the future. Um, first of all, um, we want to talk about our community's response to uh, the LEP Strategic Economic Plan. Um, this is uh, all written down in the blog post on the Sheffield Digital website, which we would highly recommend you go and take a look at but uh, can we discuss and summarize here oh well it, it, yeah uh we talked about this at, at previous podcasts um this this was the response that we put pulled together from our membership and from the wider community to the consultation that was launched by sheffield city region uh into the economic future of of uh, sheffield city region this part of the world um so they they published a draft economic plan uh, and uh, sought comment. The deadline for submissions or responses to that plan was the 18th of September. And um, we uh, approached our membership and, and the wider community and asked on Slack for people's comments on, on, their, on that plan. And we got a lot of responses from companies, from uh, computer science department at the university um, and, and other stakeholders. Uh, just on individual points and kind of general impressions of the whole thing and, uh, you know, some of the wording in some cases. Uh, in order to kind of make the language a bit clearer, we, we put a like a, a primer together, kind of a little, little guide for policymakers so that they, they're clearer in the language they use around the digital industries, what they really mean by it. Um, and really, there's, so there's a digital chapter in the plan which is about largely about digital uh, connectivity and digitizing the economy generally. Um, but really the responses were in all sectors of the plan. Um, you know, there was, there was a, a lot of response about the role that digital plays, the digital industries play, and the role that digital technology can play in, in all the major kind of policy um, areas that the plan covered. Um, so it was quite a long document in the end, um, and we submitted it on the deadline, and we've now published it, so everybody can read it. So there is a 
there is a post on our on our website that with the entire everything that we submitted back to Sheffield City Region is in that post. Um, and we've since heard back from Sheffield City from people at Sheffield City Region that they've received it and that they're going through it and they kind of they've congratulated us on the extent of the uh, work that went into producing it. So it's there. It's a public record. So we'll we'll see we'll see how much of that comment and feedback ends up in the final versions of the of the plan when it's published uh, and what other conversations we can have in the meantime to clarify things and to help formulate it mm. because in in between now and the strategic economic plan is the renewal action plan which yeah. is all about how do we build back better after covid or during covid um, and again, there are so many places where digital can apply there. Mm. Uh, and through through being on the Sheffield City Council Business Response Group, Sheffield Digital is able to feed in from that group up to Sheffield City Region to um, to highlight areas where digital can have an impact on that renewal plan. Um, and there's a lot of really strong conversation and and uh positive engagement going on around that at the moment yeah and then and then to add to that as well um we're in the process of of uh of publishing uh an ecosystem update um so uh, you know it's a regular document or irregular document as it's been through covid uh uh just uh explaining what's going on in the digital technology and and media ecosystem in sheffield and around sheffield and it has some standard components to the to the publication it's a 12-page publication that we produce as a physical copy and also uh as a as an online copy and produce produce um other social media from um but one of the sections is about the the currently most significant priorities that, that we that we need to look at and we've just put a survey out to our membership um, to uh, with a with a, a long list of, of policy responses um, and we've had feedback from that so if, if you're if you you're hearing this and you haven't received that that survey do email me or email us info at sheffield.digital and we'll give you a chance to feed into that survey as well um, but it's basically just a section in the, in the doc in the publication um, that says these are the three most most significant um, policy areas or, or policy initiatives that, that uh, the ecosystem needs. Need help on your next XR project? That's the <laughs> title of a blog post that's also on the Sheffield Digital website. I just went full Alan Partridge. Um, so the University of Sheffield and XR Stories, you'll have to tell me more about them because I don't know much about that. Um, they are... Uh, they are giving uh, companies, I guess, the opportunity to connect up with uh, six talented interns on a new part-funded scheme. Um, who can tell us more about that? Chris, yeah. do you know XR Stories? Do you know, I, I don't know them, know them. I, I've, I've heard of them before. I, there, there was, um, yeah, there's been other funding and, and um, kind of engagement opportunities previously with XR Stories. Um, but I, I, I know this has come out of the, um, of the entrepreneurship people at Sheffield University, I think, hasn't it? Um, who have they applied for funding through this program to part fund interns who can bring skills to digital design companies work, wanting to work in XR, so augmented reality, virtual reality, extended reality applications. Um, so there is now. Yeah, funding available for companies in that space to take university students uh, on an internship or part-funded internship basis to develop new applications. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, all the details about it are on the blog. And if mm -hmm. you're interested, do please step up because as far as I'm aware, they haven't managed to come up with six placements yet. Um, and the the deadline is fast approaching. It's one of these things that that we didn't hear about until it had already been announced in a way and sometimes you can't help but wish that you know the the university had said to us we're thinking about doing this and what would be a good way to make it work um but even that said i still think there's a great opportunity if you are a company that's experimenting with any of the 
augmented virtual extended reality type things and you could use an extra pair of hands and some of the you know technical support from the university and it's a good opportunity to take advantage of that yeah i i think i think also that um it, it may be that companies look at it and think well that, i'm not in that space so it's mm. not relevant to me but actually i think um i think there's an opportunity for agencies to look to use this as an opportunity to see if there's a space they want to get into yeah to do some experimentation some and experiment. learning yeah it's a really yeah. cheap way of doing some innovation work some experimenting you know just help the rest of the of, of the agency learn about what the capabilities are and how easy it is to build things how much it costs how long it takes mm. great more from the blog it's been quite a quite a lot of activity on the uh, the blog in the last uh, month or so um the new ir35 rules now this this was um this this has been sort of chopped and changed a lot hasn't it it was all due to change earlier on this year and then it, it wasn't i think in part because at least in part because of the pandemic uh, but these are this is important information about tax rules and uh, and various other bits and pieces uh, for people. So we've got a blog post about that as well, which explains it all. Do we want to go into any more detail here? Um, I don't think so, because I'm bound to get it wrong. But uh, the did, one thing did, I was... did you sense my hesitancy? As I, was talking <laughs> as I think that there's two groups of people who should be paying attention to this. One is companies who um, routine, routinely uh, use contractors and freelancers to deliver projects um, or to augment their in-house team um, is, you know, you need to be aware of of how the rule changes might affect you. Um, And then similarly, if you're someone who operates as a contractor or freelancer and you have a limited company, um, which is what the revenue calls a personal service company, which I think is a slightly dodgy way of describing it, but maybe that's just the way my mind works. But anyway, if you're one of those people and you tend to get involved in situations where you're working for one particular client for a chunk of time, so say you're working for six months as a developer on a project for one company, then it's possible that you're going to fall within those rules. And what it means is the company that's employing you then has to treat you as an employee rather than as a freelancer and that has tax implications anyway there's there's information about it on the blog which was written by our friends at shorts and i'm sure they would also be happy to provide more advice if people had particular questions so uh, don't ask me ask the experts indeed it is definitely something that freelancers uh, need to keep an eye on i I nearly came a cropper uh, earlier on this year and I, i probably was about to become a cropper <laughs> maybe oh, there's a new no. job maybe i need to look into becoming a cropper uh, I, don't, I don't know what a cropper is um uh, but it was all all right because uh, they changed the rules and uh, and uh, because of the pandemic but it was like it's all happening again so definitely something to keep an eye on marvelous um sheffield digital is now part of the national digital skills audit um sounds exciting well it It's probably not exciting, but it's very, very important. And I really want people to engage with this. So for several years, our friends at Manchester Digital have run a digital skills audit of their local community, uh, the businesses and the people. And they've gathered really, really valuable data and hard information about are there digital skill shortages? You know, what are the sorts of skills and roles that are most in demand? How is uh, education responding to that? How how does the sector look in terms of diversity? Uh, All these kinds of things. Are companies thinking of hiring? Who are they hiring? Really, really valuable information. And this year, thanks to funding through the Institute of Coding, um, they're now able to roll that audit out nationally. And what that means is that People from all over the country can respond to the audit and we will then get data broken down on a Yorkshire and South Yorkshire basis. I'm hoping that we'll be able to take it right down to a, you know, Sheffield, Barnsley, Rotherham, Doncaster basis, but we should be able to get South Yorkshire at the least. But it's only going to be useful if lots of people participate. So if you're an individual working in tech, you can respond to the survey. And if you're a business that employs tech people or is, you know, a pure tech business, you can also respond, please do. 
um, I'm going to be doing a, another mail out to our company members and those sorts of people, hopefully next week. But in the meantime, the information is there on the website. The link is there on the website. Um, it doesn't take a long time to complete, but if ever there was a crucial time that we need this sort of data, I think it's now. Um, the audit is open to respond to until um, I think it's the end of November, and then the results will be published early in the new year. And I'm going to keep nagging about this because it's really, really important. And if you're a company that's got um, offices outside of South Yorkshire, so across the whole of, of, of Yorkshire and the north, then please make sure that um, your colleagues in other areas are responding as well so that we get lots and lots of data. Great. Thanks, Mel. Um, uh, there is no uh, occupation uh, uh, to be a cropper that I can find. Um, <laughs> but it means to, uh, to suffer some accident or misfortune or to fall headlong from a horse, just in case anyone was well, wondering. We don't think you should do either of those things, Ian. I entirely changed my mind about the whole thing. Um, festival news, it's almost upon us, um, sort mm -hmm. of, about a month, month ago. Um, uh, what's the score? Do we still need a developer? Is that still something that needs to happen? No, we've got that covered now. Thank you very much. So um, I'm feeling fairly confident that the uh, experimental app will be a real thing uh, by the time the festival begins. Um, you can all laugh and point fingers at me when I turn out to have got that one wrong. Um, we are starting to see events coming in uh, for the calendar, but I'd really like to encourage people to come up with a virtual event or a COVID safe event that they can run during festival week that's going to um, help showcase what you do, talk about something interesting that's going on in tech, uh, talk about jobs in tech, careers in tech, um, just anything that helps people discover digital, that would be really awesome. There is still just about time to submit content for the AR app as well. If you'd like to, um, I don't know, virtually wrap a building or virtually uh, create a song and dance routine outside one of the buildings in the city or in, in also in Barnsley. Chris is waving his hand at me. Just what format should should uh, people do this? What what's, There's, what's the process for adding content to the AR app? So there, there is a document that explains all of that, which I don't have in front of me and I don't want to freestyle it, but we'll put a link in the show notes so that people can see. But there is also, if you go on the Digital Festival website, right, which is sheffielddigitalfestival.com, then you should be able to pick up the information from there. Cool, thanks. Um, the last thing I'd like to say with uh, my puppy dog eyes and best smile is we could use a little bit more sponsorship, please. Um, so there's room for at least one more sponsor of a virtual stage. Uh, if your company or your organisation would like to get behind the festival and get some branding and profile as a result, please let me know. Fantastic. And I think that that's all we have on our agenda. Nice quick one. There's a ton of other things going on that we just haven't made notes on. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> too much other stuff going on, actually. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Uh, I mean, one thing I do want to mention, actually, very briefly, is the Climathon. Mm. There's a... I know we're going to put a post up about it fairly soon um, and it needs to go into uh, open tech calendar so people are aware of it actually. Um, but there is a, uh, a Sheffield Climathon being organised for, I think it's Friday the, or is it the 14th? I hesitate, I think it's, the, it might be the 13th, but I hesitate to say the 13th. No, it is the 13th, isn't it? It's Friday the 13th. So. Uh, Friday the 13th of November, which is World Climate Day. Um, and it's a, it's, it was originally intended to be a hosted event in Sheffield. It's all going to be online, of course, now. Um, but it, it's, it's uh, connecting climate change with uh, e-waste, so electronic equipment waste and digital inclusion. So they're bringing together um, you know, people involved in recycling and, and repurposing old technology, uh, people involved in digital inclusion, um, and and people involved in in kind of climate mitigation for a kind of a conference uh, and uh, like an innovation 
a hackathon essentially, a climathon to come up with solutions to understand what the what the challenges are. And we're also going to be um, demoing uh, Donate Your Tech, which is the platform that we've been building as a community effort to make it easier for people to donate their old computer equipment um, for communities to use. So there, as I say, there'll be more information on the Sheffield Digital website about that very shortly, but um, just for people to keep it in mind that it's Friday the 13th of November, that that will be happening. And I think there'll be there'll be some panel sessions during the week as well on specific topics. Great. Any more for any more? Well, I think I'm just about done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it being a Friday and all. <laughs> Great. Then I shall uh, I shall sidle off into the future to uh, talk about events and uh, and thank our new members. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you I, as I, always. Cheers. In. Right, here I am, alone in the shed and ready to tell you from the future exactly what events are coming up in the Sheffield community. We have, on the 21st of October, the Yorkshire Cybersecurity Cluster October webinar. We also have .NET Chef, a tour around the Microsoft identity platform for .NET developer. On the 23rd, we have Geek Brecky, which we have every Friday morning, as you know, 9 o'clock be there or be square. On the 27th of October, we have Hacktoberfest 2020 Showcase. On the 29th of October, we have the next Sheffield Collective, which is the virtual meetup for freelancers, sole traders, and self-employed folk. Into November, and it's .NET Chef again. They're talking about Unity and AR slash VR for the .NET developer with David Zordan. On the 5th of November, it's Go Sheffield, and then there's nothing booked into the calendar just yet until the 16th of November, which is when the Sheffield Digital Festival starts, as you have already heard. So that runs all week from the 16th on Monday right through to the Sunday on the 22nd. So make sure you check out everything about the festival as soon as you can. And finally, I am here to tell you about our new members. So we have a new company member, who has joined since the last time we spoke. That's Your eSolutions Limited. They joined on the 16th of October as a new company member. Huge thank you to them. We have no new individual members this time around. So if you fancy being one, it costs a five or a month and it helps support the work that Sheffield Digital does. Go to the website, take a look. And that's it. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe in all the usual ways. Apple Podcasts, very popular, but you can do it in other apps too. And if you want to know more, you can go to sheffield.digital slash podcast. And you'll be excited to find that I've now put a player on that particular page that uh, shows you all of the episodes, all of them. You can listen to every single episode from one single web page. Imagine that, the magic of JavaScript, I think. I mean, I don't really know how they do it, but it's probably JavaScript. And that's it. We shall speak to you next time. Thanks for listening.